Hey everyone, this is LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today with me in the studio, I have a very special guest, licensed stylist and instructor at Hair Kitchen LLC. She is an image consultant and so much more. Also the founder of Girls Health Period. So today with me is Brittany Gray. Welcome, Brittany. Hello, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> So we're going to jump right in. So as customary, when I have a guest, I'm going to start by asking you, what is your labor of love? Uh, currently, I've been pondering over this. Um, currently, it is giving myself as service. And that is within my organization. But also being behind the chair as a hairstylist, giving the confidence and self-esteem to my, uh, to my clients. So I am like, that is my push of being of service and doing it with love. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how did service, I know we were just talking about the multitude of ways in which you (laughs) do that, but how do you feel service became a labor of love for you? What was the influence and how'd you get started? Well, with my family, volunteerism was a big thing Mm -hmm. and still continuously is so Um, and brought up in the church and brought up in education as well, you always give no matter what. You have to give. And so for that, I just was like, hey, I already have a lot of maternal instinct. Um, And I'm like, hey, I can do this. And now I go above and beyond um, as if I have children and if I have like (laughs) people around me that need something. And heck, some of the times you don't even know that they need it, but I'm like, here, this is what you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, I really actually needed that. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, it's what I noticed that being of service is what my purpose is and my calling. So that is my labor. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with that, let me ask a question. So yeah. I, I know there are a lot of people who service is extremely important. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about templates, like you said, being brought up in the church in education, your family, like all of these were contributing factors to this service role. Right. How do you execute service in a way that still leaves space and time and resources for self-care? It's just really being aware of your body, Mm -hmm. Um, your body and your (laughs) mind, your, um, your psyche. Like it literally, there's times where I cannot compute anymore of any, any, information coming in, any information going out, I'm being clumsy, I am like having moments of blanking out, then I just like, okay, so you need a couple hours. And then if your body is like, oh, we need more than a couple hours, I just shift whatever's on my to-do list for the rest of the day to the next day and just go from there. I used to say, oh, it take one day at a time. No, it's one moment at a time. Mm-hmm. So in this next moment, if I don't feel right, it will be like, hey, can't do this right now. So <laughs> no, that that I'm so glad you said that. And like, I didn't tell her to say that because I'm always talking <laughs> about you got to listen to your body. Yes. And um, our body holds so much wisdom. It sure does. It holds a lot of trauma mm-hmm. and pain and all that other Very stuff, but it also so. holds wisdom. Yeah. And we have this uh, we general we humanity i feel like have this very interesting relationship with our bodies mm-hmm. where we hear it but we do that whole Shh, shut up <laughs> and i'm like stop stop and we just keep going yeah so it tells us when we're hungry 
But yet we can find ourselves at the end of a busy day saying, I didn't really eat today. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It tells us when we're thirsty, Mm -hmm. but we are constantly dehydrated. It tells us when we need rest, but we are frequently tired. Yes. Because we hear it, but we don't actually pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. So I had this thought yesterday around something completely different, but it's relevant here. Until it's acknowledged, it's ignored. That's real. Mm. Very much so. That might be a t-shirt, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Like, <laughs> it's, we have this thing where, you know, I can notice you, mm-hmm. but if I don't say nothing to you, I have ignored you. Like, acknowledgement is what moves us from this state of noticing to, igno- you know, mm-hmm. to being acknowledged. And so, when we notice that our body is tired, but we don't acknowledge that, right. we ignore that call. And if we continue to ignore the language of our body... We start to get this distancing Mm -hmm. um, where we no longer understand what it sounds like because we've shushed it for so long. Let me tell you, you just sound like how it, the relationship between God Mm -hmm. and that meant. Come on. Like when you, (laughs) when you shush that, that, that mind, that um, little voice, Mm -hmm. um, that spirit that comes around, you just like, and it keeps distancing mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. So I take that as the same way. Sometimes I'm like, I have a council in my head. Five, and I'm like, five to seven people in my head already said no. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to continue to do this. But And people think it's a laughter moment. No, I'm like, I'm serious because we have to have a sit down moment and really actually have a conversation of saying, you have these conversations with everyone else. But why don't you have that conversation with yourself? Absolutely. I talk about my round table. It's yes. a huge island with an extension. So it's like a peninsula. Yes. <laughs> and every part of myself, my emotions, my mm-hmm. inner children, everybody gets a seat at the table. Yes. What I realized is when I was trying to make decisions without consulting mm-hmm. and acknowledging what was happening within me, they would revolt. Oh, see. Right. So when we realize we get to a certain point and now we're coming down with a cold, mm-hmm. you know, and now all of these things are happening. We're this listening. didn't just happen and you weren't listening. Right. And if you have been around actual children, mm-hmm. when they need your attention, they find a way to get it. Okay. And they will say, hey, mommy, mommy. But next thing you know, they jumping off of couches and <laughs> <laughs> falling out. And you're like, what are you doing? And they're right. like, trying to get your attention. Right. And our bodies do that. Mm-hmm. It finds a way to get our attention. And it's either you're going to listen on the front end and take heed or it's going to have to sit you down. Oh. And so I just appreciate, you know, being able to uh, have the acknowledgement that we can be service minded and service hearted. Mm-hmm. But we still have to understand that we have limitations yeah. and to be able to incorporate the necessary self-care yeah. that it needs. I always talk about the ladder too, a uh, ladder of priority. Mm. And for me, um, on the first rung is always spirituality. And then the next one is me. And then it's everything else. Um, and it falls in line and such. Mm-hmm. So if you can't, you know, fulfill yourself, how can you fill somebody else's cup right over? I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that's just, I think we always depart from mm-hmm. over time so. absolutely you know we talk about traveling like air you know you got to put your own mask on first I mean, step you one go ahead and do that I mean, when you passed out not both of y'all passed out like <laughs> right. you know you, you can't help if you right. if you are not you know if you're depleted totally mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. so um a couple of things i want to talk to you about you can yeah. pick which one we go to first you oh. want to start with Hair kitchen, or we want to start with girl, girl self period. Uh, let's do hair kitchen. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, um, I'll talk a little bit about how I met you. Yeah, um, love the story. <laughs> I um, <laughs> 
was calling around looking for a hairstylist. Actually, I was not looking for a hairstylist. So to be fair, you are my first hairstylist. Not true. Growing up, my mother's hairstylist was my hairstylist. Mm -hmm. But since I've been like an older enough person, I've never had a hairstylist. Yes. I just had people who did my hair. And I need people to understand that there is a difference. There is a difference. So my mother's hairstylist was my hairstylist as a child. Yes. And then from middle school and up, it was just, oh, I know how to do this style. Let me try, right? And I had some dedicated people. And I'm not knocking. Listen, Dewana Jacobs, if you listening to this, girl hooked me up in high school. Mm-hmm. We were super cool. You need a spritz ponytail? Oh, come girl, on. Listen. Is that Detroit coming she, out? Yeah, Detroit is coming out, okay? So <laughs> it's not knocking it, but I did not have... A dedicated hairstylist mm-hmm. and I did not understand taking care of my hair right so I was at this point in time where I was pregnant mm-hmm. and I had gone from a series of like not relaxing my hair because I knew I was gonna get a weave for my wedding having a horrible misstep with that cuz yeah that's a whole different episode. but anyway <laughs> get to a point came out of that weave went straight into some kind of braids and at this point, I needed, I wanted a crochet. Right. Okay. So how do you find a stylist? Well, Instagram, duh. <laughs> you know, so I go to Instagram, I'm looking at hashtags and it wasn't even you that came up. It was the shop where you work. Yeah. So I remember calling um, the shop to talk about going and like, can someone do a crochet or whatever I wanted? And you ask a couple of questions about the state of my hair, like what I was coming from. Have you, I think the question was, have you let your hair breathe? Yes. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I just remember you being like, okay, so 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 are not here, but I will leave a message mm-hmm. with them and you know whatever. And I got off the phone and I literally was talking to Jane. It was like it was something about her tone. Like, <laughs> should I let my hair breathe? What does that mean? You know. So I called back and said, well. It doesn't have to be a crochet. Like, I just need my hair done. And right. you were just like, well, how, why don't you just come in and do a hair consultation or mm-hmm. whatever? So I came into the shop and this, listen, y'all, this girl sat me down and pulled out <laughs> some kind of tablet and started asking me more questions that I get asked when I go to my primary care physician for an appointment. Like, she was asking about my water intake, my yeah. lifestyle. And I was just like, word? Like, this is... It's something about this. Like, right. what? what is this? So that was the beginning of our journey yes. together, okay? <laughs> um, it was evident to me from the very first meeting that you genuinely cared about me and my hair. Yes. And that it wasn't, that you weren't just going to give me something that I was asking you mm-hmm. for because I was willing to pay for it, but that there was a level of education that needed to come with my hair changed my life so um that's how that's how i got connected with miss hair kitchen here um and it was really awesome so i i truly believe all things happen for a reason and while i wasn't i had no idea what i was looking for you know what i needed i found so tell us a little bit about hair kitchen and you know i don't i know that wasn't just exclusive to me this is just how you operate in that space Uh, well hair kitchen first of all the name comes from a good friend of mine. I used to do hair in my kitchen. That's a known thing. And she was like, girl, I'm coming to the hair kitchen anytime. And it just stuck. Like, so from there, it just was like in the hair, in my hair kitchen, 
I would educate you on what type of products. I would tell you about your hair, your hair texture. We want to talk about health, water intake. We want to talk about what vitamins are you taking, what foods you're taking, because your hair is a health timeline. It tells us when you have been either smoking, you have been injured, you have had some type of um, infliction or infl uh, inflammation in the hair or in the body, I should say. Stress. Oh my goodness, a lot of um, distress in general you can see on the hair. So, you know, as that has developed and I became a licensed hairstylist and it just grew into what I love. My first um, place of professional career was as an intervention specialist. So you have to divide patients and just different directions on how you teach students. So that's how I take it in the hair kitchen. There's so many different walks of life that come into my chair and different backgrounds and ethnicities that I have to come in different ways of communicating and communicating like, hey, you might think this is just a one minute thing. For me, this is a lifestyle for a lifetime. And I want to build that relationship. And you should have a positive relationship with your hair as well. Because especially women of color, especially curly, um, kinky hair, we don't have that pop, like positive relationship with our hair as much as we should. Now, now 2020 is definitely changed. But I noticed just over the years how much it took that time. So I can imagine the beauticians and hairstylists before me, that whole conversation. And sometimes hairstylists are not the best and positive people to even hear that um, for for their their clients. So that's where Hair Kitchen, for me, I want it to be open. I want you to be educated. I want you to be enlightened. I want you to feel empowered. So hair is an accessory. Hmm. So any accessory points of like extensions and all these different things, that's one thing. But if our foundation, our like our hair, what our crowns have is not what we believe it needs to be, that's when we need to devote more time, just like how we would do exercising or just uh, lifestyle change and food habits. That's the same thing at the same time that we need to have for our hair. Mm -hmm. That was deep, y'all. Listen, <laughs> two of my, uh, you know, I have plenty of Brittany hair kitchen stories, but two of my other favorites are the first is, so this would have been the first time yeah. I got my hair done. Mm -hmm. So we go back and she's shampooing my hair. So she's shampooing my hair and she says to me, oh, you have a nice curl pattern. And I bust out laughing. <laughs> you sure did. And she was like, what? What? And I said, curl pattern. Girl, growing up, they just called that nappy. Like, nobody <laughs> in my life had ever said, ooh, you have a nice curl pattern. Mm -hmm. Right? If it wasn't straight, it wasn't right. Right. And Very so, true. you know, I'm not unique in the sense that I got a relaxer. And I love that I have a diverse background. So, I called it perm growing up, but I know culturally perm makes some hair people hair curly. Yes. So I go with relaxer, but we didn't call it a relaxer. I got a perm. Right. Um, from the time it was start time to start school. So I was like five years old. Mm -hmm. This is before um the little soft ones for the little girls. Yeah. Nah, this was Revlon with lie. Yeah. Okay. They yes. ain't had no no lie perms, and lie is a harsh chemical. Very much so. Inside of these um, relaxers, and so from the the young age of five years old, mm -hmm. I was having harsh chemicals put in my hair to make it straight. Yeah. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not unique in that. 
And even though it was never explicitly said, I know the message I internalize. The mm-hmm. message I internalize is the way your hair grows out of your head is not good enough. Mm-hmm. It needs to be altered. And it wasn't a one-time thing. You had to get, um, what did I call it? Retouch. Um, retouch, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Gotta get a retouch. Touch yes. up. Gotta get a touch up. Anytime your hair got nappy. Yes. Well, I began to realize that the relaxed hair never got nappy i'm quoting my fingers Mm -hmm. my hair would just grow Mm -hmm. right so how my hair grew out of my head became this thing like that wasn't good enough and it had to be altered Mm -hmm. and if it wasn't altered then it needed to be covered up right and so i just appreciated the words curl pattern okay (laughs) curl pattern so that's one the other is um when I, by the time I had seen Brittany for a while, because I came to you early in my pregnancy. Right. When we got towards um, the end of my pregnancy, I remember sitting in the chair and thinking, I knew at that point I was having twins and I knew at that point that they were both girls. Right. And I remember saying, I want them to truly believe that how their hair grows out of their scalp mm-hmm. is perfect. It's good enough. Right. But I had this, this true honest moment that said how you gonna teach them that if you don't believe it see right so that was kind of this moment where it's like you're right i want to believe that for myself and you completely guided me on that journey because when when it was a you know i was unintentionally natural right you know just (laughs) the way it happened i spent so much time bouncing from one protective style if you will to the next Mm -hmm. that i just hadn't put anything in my hair right. but it wasn't a decision right then we made the decision okay i'm going natural right. right all right high five y'all but then i wanted my natural hair to act the way relaxed hair did so i was getting ready to go to florida yes for a couple of weeks working and girl like what is happening with my hair why 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 is it so you, had a, you had a pressed out that yeah. you were like i want my hair pressed out i was like okay <laughs> got and... the florida like what <laughs> this is this is crazy so right. it's it's learning right. that <laughs> this um this hair in its natural form doesn't behave Mm -hmm. the way it does altered. Mm -hmm. But when I connect that back to the work I do, I work with so many people helping them overcome their trauma, Mm -hmm. right? Which means we have to develop, we have to look at the template that we've been given. Mm -hmm. And before we can let go of a certain behavior or belief system or worldview that's no longer serving us, we got to replace it with something. And People start the process of replacing, but then they expect it to behave or act or be the same way as it was before. So that's challenging to overcome that. Mm -hmm. So you work a lot with natural hair, not exclusively. I think you meet people where they are, Mm -hmm. but talk to us a little bit about why, how that came to be, why that's important and what you see. So um, if being very transparent, the natural hair chose me. I didn't choose natural hair. So in hair school, I was learning how to do all the short, relaxed styles and just managing relaxed hair. And then a couple of my friends was like, girl, I'm going natural. And I'm like, "Uh, what does that mean for me? (laughs) (laughs) And so it became where it just was something that I was self-taught in. And nobody knew at my school how to really work with it. And over the time, what I noticed, because I did it part t- hair school part-time for a year and a half, 
about six months later when I got on the floor to actually be styling here, that's when I noticed that pretty much that I started getting booked out for the rest for three months in advance because of how many women start to see the styling, start seeing the fullness of their hair, start seeing the damage that was actually being caused of a lot of heat a lot of chemicals, or not understanding what chemicals have for your hair. Like relax, um, clients always thought that, oh, I have to be bone straight. No, relaxers is just to elongate your curl. And you only get it like every three three times a year, four <laughs> times a year. But you can imagine that every six weeks you were getting a relaxer. And most of the time it was being retouched. So that was overlapping and making your hair straighter. And then when you got to a point where it started looking like broomsticks, our broom um, ends at the very end, and that's like makes me my skin crawl. But um, as learning about natural, it just reminded me to again the self esteem and just self awareness of understanding like you have a head full of hair. You know, our mothers and our grandmothers, or our family members chose to do this because they just wanted something so you wouldn't cry. You didn't have to deal with the pressures of society. There was a lot of things that they came in. So it wasn't coming from a malicious area. Mm-hmm. They just going for what they know. Mm-hmm. And then with that education piece, as we have grown, that this is different. And um, having a relaxer at five years old, your hair, your scalp is still forming. Your skin is still forming. Mm-hmm. Your hormones are changing. And just the, I mean, just imagine that growth. And that's why... Our hair, when people are like, oh, our hair goes to a certain um, age and it stops. That's not true. Black hair grows beyond the shoulders. It can grow down the waist length, past her kneecaps. But when you start having these certain chemicals at a young age, you stunt the growth of it. So I just am a professional student when it comes to the love of hair. And that's what it just formed into, of just hair constantly being under, like, making sure that I know the newest, um, most, even ancient, mm-hmm. <laughs> ancient um, history of our hair. Because it goes back uh, far and deep, long, wide, however you want to take mm-hmm. it. And um, this hair was gifted to us. This is a gift. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we just, I'm the person that just helps manage it through it. Yeah, I love it. So I will say I love my hair. Um, I do. I genuinely love my hair. Um, I washed it the other day and I was caught and I was just like, look at this curl pad. Like, I love my hair. Um, And what I appreciate is lifestyle matters. And you take Mm -hmm. that into account. So Mm -hmm. um, this is probably my most favorite (laughs) Brittany hair kitchen story. So now I'm post birth of my twins. Um, First appointment since having them. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, probably seven, eight weeks since they've been born. I had a crochet. We take it out. And I'm just like, maybe I should cut my hair. And you're like, well, tell me more. Why are you saying that? That kind of thing. And it's just like, I I don't have time to manage it. Right. And the question that drives me nuts is, what am I going to do with my hair? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't have that in my lifestyle anymore. So, you know, she's taking out the crochet and we're just talking about it. And so she looks at me and she's like, so you want to cut your hair? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I think I want to cut my hair. This girl took a handful of my hair and just cut it. And I was like, oh, like right now, right now, like 
Oh, okay. She okay. said it, so we do it. <laughs> and in my mind, I thought we were going to like start at the ends and make our way. She just took a chunk of hair and cut. And I, I mean, it was the most shocking thing, I think. One of the most shocking things I've ever experienced. Like, whoa. Okay. Well, that's there we are. That was a good time. And so that that is where my short hair journey began. Yes. Um, and I love it. It, mm-hmm. it fits my lifestyle. We have since done color yeah um she is a color specialist extraordinaire (laughs) um and what i just love is that it's manageable it fits my lifestyle Mm -hmm. um it's it's one of those things that's always in a state of being done you know how back in the day oh you just got your hair done yes but then a week and a half later oh you kind of didn't you (laughs) you, you're in this state it just my hair is quote unquote always done yeah you know it's just it's manageable it's very nice. I get so many compliments mm-hmm. on my hair, but it's 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 contributed to this evolution of authenticity that I've been on for right. several years. Um, it has tremendously impacted my how I see myself and my self esteem. Mm-hmm. Not because my hair looks good, but because my hair is me and, yes. and I'm beautiful. Yeah, my hair is just an extension of that. Come beauty, on, I know that. That's <laughs> so, chill. <laughs> so this has been. It has just. I have enjoyed the journey with you as my stylist, but she, so she does my hair, but then she's also an image consultant. So as I was kind of moving into business owner uh-huh. as one level, okay, you own the business, mm-hmm. but then there comes this point of marketing and putting yourself out there. And what does that look like? Yes. And we would start just by having these conversations as entrepreneurs, yes. but that kind of led into, I remember her just kind of talking to me about like, okay, we, we see Shonda, the mom, mm-hmm. we see Shonda, like, the branded business owner, but who are you beyond that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and we have these discussions. I realized I stopped wearing jewelry when I had the twins yeah. because they pull yeah. and I never got back to it. Mm-hmm. I I only wore labors of love gear for I don't know how long. Well, what do you like? So just having someone who can kind of ask you those good questions to kind of help you not just sit in a chair. I've sat in many chairs where they did your hair, you have small talk and then you go about your day until you come back. But it's, it's a deeper level of relationship um, that you can be your authentic self and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I just appreciate you from that standpoint and like how you've been a part of my journey (laughs) with that. So you know, she's going to give us her information later, but I highly suggest, and I'm going to be honest, y'all, I keep it real. I told her, I don't tell everybody about you. <laughs> and I'm thankful. <laughs> and it's not because it's it's not, well, it might be a little bit part like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want everybody up in it, but it really is. Some people will see my hair and be like, and ask questions, but I can already tell that they're not about the investment. Right. This is an investment. It is yeah. an investment of time. Mm-hmm. It is an investment of money. It's a time. It's an investment of your energy and your resources. And so when I know people just like, oh, that's cute. It's like, mm, yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> if you, if you bought this life, yes. if you're ready for, if you're, if this is part of your holistic healing in your journey. I'm, I'm going to give you her info. Yes. I'm all about the longevity and relationships and building relationships. Um, I have been uh, avid prayer and my prayer has been having um, clientele and guests. You will hear me uh, interchange that because you all are my guests when you come in the safe haven of our salon suite. And literally, I've been praying for just having that 
um, you want to build yourself to be a better person. Like you've been seeing yourself this whole time on your own. So you see yourself one way. The first time I meet you, I get to see you for that moment. And then I can build off the future together. Mm-hmm. We can take you from this one whole person to a whole nother level of another person. Mm-hmm. And that's what my evolution wants to be into that prayer of just allowing a person to be open. Because that's what you were. When you came, you didn't know how open you were, but you were very open for change. Mm-hmm. And that's the key that I think a lot of clients and guests miss that come in the chair and kind of leave, but they come back because they're like, oh, you know, I am i wasn't as open for change. And that's what you need to be in to actually evolve in life. So, Ditto for the therapy room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you come and you just want, a lot of people want to come and they want the symptoms to stop. Yes. Which is why I do Mm. a free phone consultation, right? (laughs) So I want, from the beginning, I want it to be known, like, if you just are, if you want to chase symptoms. So what I, how I frame it for people who are calling in is I say, um, if you want leaf work, Mm -hmm. I want to chop down this leaf. I want to get rid of the symptom. I'm not the right person. I'm, I'm a root worker. Right. Right. So we got to get to the bottom of what it is, because if we don't get to the root, another leaf is going to pop up yes. from the same unhealthy root. Yeah. So I bypass all of that. We sometimes people come with their presenting issue. Yeah. It could be months before we even talk about that. Yeah. Because we got to go back. So we don't start here. This is a symptom. We got to go back to where it's rooted. And so for that, the openness, you Mm -hmm. know, I see that the people who come in, who have sustained therapeutic relationships with me and who are seeing that evolution are the people who are open to -hmm. change. And it's no diss for those who are not. You just got to just know that there is a difference. Mm -hmm. Right. So I love the parallel between you know, kind of the hair journey and our mental health journey and our wellness journey, because I think they're so interlinked. Um, They're linked for Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) So let's talk about girls health period. Um, What is girls health period and how did it get started? Okay. So girls health period is an organization that I founded that provides menstrual products and underwear to eliminate absenteeism in schools. So back in September, 2018, I had some extra menstrual products in my office and I reached out to a good friend of mine that, you know, I knew was a principal of a school and I'm like, hey, do you need menstrual products? She's like, yeah, bring them over. Not a problem. So I literally brought them over and I think about a week later, she was like, oh, we're going to need some more. I said, oh, okay. Not thinking of it. I just went to donate more. But then I realized when I came back, that's when the story started happening of understanding how our students were missing a lot of school because they didn't have the proper menstrual products. And just in case if you didn't know, if schools don't have menstrual products available, they are either sent home or sent in the nurse's office to stay the entire day. Mm. So time away from the classroom, time away from the school, and that can actually persist with just that day to a couple days out until they have to, they can come back after their menstrual cycle. This is here in Cincinnati. This is not a third world country. It's 2020, and y'all. It's 2020 now, you know, like, so it just uh, rolled off where it went from one school to nine schools. So currently we're in 34 schools, mm. um, two group homes. And menstrual safe locations, locations that are public and safe, um, like coffee houses, resource centers, um, and different after school organizations that we provide to in our need one, give one, take one bins 
Um, so that is what we are. And I enjoy it. <laughs> That's so awesome. You know, I can be real transparent and say, like, I didn't realize this was an issue. Yeah. Right? There are a lot of things. Trauma is an issue. Yes. Right? <laughs> Racism is an issue. Yeah. <laughs> Gender equality is an issue. Yeah. Paths? are an issue I didn't know. Yeah. And so I remember kind of when you first started, even before you were an established organization, yeah. you were taking donations, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, okay, I'll let me remember to get some pads and stuff like that. But I did not know the depth mm-hmm. to which students were missing school. And I, you know, I thought back, I talk again, talk about templates. My template, I, I had a safe experience yeah. with that. You know, I still think there is so much stigma around just the bathroom period. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can be a fully grown adult and you still are timidly ripping open that pad so people don't hear the rapper. <laughs> you know, and it's like the shame yes. that comes around sure. with with having a menstrual cycle. And so I know that's existing, you know, in a if it exists in adulthood and I can go back to middle school, mm-hmm. right? I went to a, a small Catholic school, so it's not like pockets where you could put the pad, you know, yes. it's of the embarrassment and, you know, how do you hide it from the yeah. other little people in class and, and all that stuff. But I never thought about not having the safety or the proper equipment or um, materials to do that or even the thought of having to miss school or some engage, yeah. some fun thing because of that. So awesomeness that yes. you know that became something that is one of your labors of love some, yes. one of your passions so in 34 schools yeah group home I mean all of these different things where now young people have access yes to their needs mm-hmm. super huge yeah it is definitely um I tell people that I service students that had the I forgot moment. Yeah, everybody's not regular Mm -hmm. in their menstrual cycle. And then to those students that cannot forget. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have to prepare for the next month of what's going to be. And that needs to be less of the conversation of like being, shh, I can't talk about. No, we need to uplift this conversation as much as possible. So we have menstrual education um, for our parents and our students and leadership because a lot of stigmas and a lot of templates from their past Mm -hmm. um, definitely come up even as resource coordinators that don't want to speak about it. And I'm like, you're a resource. So you have to talk about this to your students. And we have students as young as second grade starting their menstrual cycle. So imagine that routine as eight years old, seven, eight years old. And this is what they're going to have to deal with the entire life. So the main focus is, yes, they are administrators, but they are students. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure we provide that same education, the same safe haven, the same openness, um, because we, I cannot depend on that at the household. I cannot depend on that anywhere else. But I know in this school, in this organization, we have to provide that as a community and as the school system. So, yes. Yeah. That, so, mm, I'm just glad I know you. No, that's awesome <laughs> stuff. Because I even think here at my office, like... Mm-hmm. It's not just for me. I I am notorious for forgetting. Yeah. And then every month, it's like, like it's a brand new thing, right? <laughs> this has been going on for like a long time. Right. And yet and still. So I always make sure I have those things in my office. 
But then again, we're adults who have a lot of resources and access to resources that mm-hmm. I am, am having in my office, but these children who very frequently don't have. Mm-hmm. So kudos Thank to you, you Thank ma'am, you. for that. So I want to uh, end, yeah. uh, start ending the way I do with most people. And that's tell us something interesting, unique, different, or just some kind of <laughs> maybe little known fact about Brittany that maybe a lot of people don't know. Lord, um... Mm-hmm. So there's two things. I used to play golf. Um, anything that I put my hands on to, I usually succeed very quickly. And it's, especially when it comes to sports, mm-hmm. it doesn't take me long. Um, and so golf was one of those things that I was introduced to in elementary school. And I carried out up into high school. And I did not play like on a team in high school. But I literally played on the side and I would go to different uh, golf mornings with my father. Um, Also, I got a scholarship for it. (laughs) So that's another thing. Golfing is a a pastime that actually truly miss. And I just don't have the time for it. Those early mornings, like when you need to be on the green, is not a joke. Um, But then the second thing is like, I love dry humor. And did you know facts? So I guess that's three things. But dry humor, as dry as it is, I will start laughing, crying from the my toes. And then did you know facts are like, they come up in the weirdest moments and I'm just dropping like these gems. <laughs> and people are like, where did you, why do you know that? Like, because if something happens, at least we can joke our way out of it. Well, <laughs> we hope <laughs> Jay is over here looking. He is like the king of random information. So I have to sit and listen to y'all exchange. Did you know randomness at some point? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So Brittany, thank you so much for being with us on this episode. So I want people to know how they can get in touch with you, how they can find you, what are your ads and stuff. So for both. So whether they are looking to donate yeah. to girls health period and contribute to this awesome mission that you have going here yes. in the greater Cincinnati area. Or if they're looking at more of the hair kitchen side, finding someone who can really nurture them through the hair care process. Yes. How can they find you? Okay. So for hair kitchen on Instagram and Facebook, it's just hair kitchen, no crazy at signs or anything like that. It's just hair kitchen straight. And then for Girls Health Period, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Girls Health Period. Um, I try to make it as easy as possible. <laughs> so you can reach it either way. You can f- come follow us. And the websites are on each um, location of Facebook and Instagram. And that's how you can donate. We have, um, this is Women's Month. So we are all over Cincinnati. And this Saturday, we're actually providing free menstrual products at Black Coffee Lounge. Um, and that's from 12 to 2. So any student from elementary to college, we're providing free menstrual products to come and meet us. Even myself, my board as well, will be down there. So awesome well Brittany I appreciate you for being here so much to all of my listeners I appreciate you for tuning in yet again don't forget that we are on all the major social media outlets you can uh, go to the website www.thelaborsoflove.com don't forget that we have a YouTube channel where every Thursday we put out Therapy Thursday videos and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast like rate review give us that five star review as we continue to have awesome guests and talk about 
about all the things people are not talking about. So until we connect again, be well.